I am Elle Penelope, author of Epic Fantasy and Paranormal Romance, and welcome to My Imaginary Friends, a look behind the scenes of an author mapping the worlds in my head and making them a reality. Hello, friends. Today is Saturday, August 14th, 2021, and this is episode 133 of My Imaginary Friends. I'm Leslie. So this week's best thing is that Requiem of Silence comes out next week. I guess it's next week's best thing, but I'm still very excited. And if you are listening to this in real time, there is a virtual launch event on Tuesday, August 17th, 2021 at 7 p.m. Eastern. It's hosted by Charm City Books, and I will be joined by the amazing K. Arsenal Rivera, who I talked to last time I did a book launch, and it was awesome, and she uh, agreed to... (laughs) to an event with me again. So I'm really grateful. Uh, So charmcitybooks.com slash events is the link. It will be streamed on Facebook and YouTube and you will find the stream there. And it should be actually on this YouTube channel if you are watching on video. We're going to hook that up, I hope, crossing fingers. So yes, Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Please join us. Ask questions. Um, There's going to be gifts, like giveaways (laughs) and lots of fun. And then, of course, buy the book if you are a reader of the series. I mean, it's the fourth book. So if you haven't read that first three, then maybe not. But you're like, don't start there. But yes, very exciting. Writing update. So we are working on The Monsters We Defy, the fantasy heist novel, and revising. So this week, what I was doing was reading through the manuscript and making um, a, a version of a story grid chart by hand. So I ended up with a five-page handwritten spreadsheet. I like to do this by hand so that I'm not on the computer 100% of the time while I'm working on this. And actually, this time I changed what I was tracking. Because as I started this, I looked at previous spreadsheets. And I have one that I print out on legal size paper. But I just use regular size paper for this. Oh, because I couldn't find my big ruler. I have a 15-inch ruler that disappeared. And so only using my 12-inch ruler, that's why I used the, that is literally the only reason why I used this small paper. Anyway, I tracked the scene number, the goal of the scene, or the character's goal in the scene, uh, the conflict, the character change, which I sort of fell off of doing like halfway through, the polarity, the date, because I was making sure that my calendar was right, I'm keeping track of the days, uh, the setting, and then I had a generic notes field because I could not figure out exactly what I needed to track. I knew that I wanted to make notes about what actually happened in the scene and then my ideas for changing it. And that's when the color coding came into play. So I have a lot of colored pens. Uh, if you're on video, this is only like half of them or less than half of them. In addition to all of the highlighters and other, like I like pens, I like paper, I'm a writer. And not as bad, I'm not as bad as a lot of people because I only have like four containers of, of pens. Um, anyway, so I used my, my big collection. So I had like maybe 12 colors that I was using to track the various either themes or subplots in the book because I needed a way to make sure that I was closing the loops that I opened and that these themes or subplots were present all the way through, like sprinkled through. And there are a lot of ways you can do it. And I've done it different ways in the past. I've done it on a spreadsheet in the past. I actually have in my master story spreadsheet that I use for basically every book. I have a tab. One of the 11 or so tabs now is for this purpose. I actually rarely use it for that purpose because there's something to doing things by hand. And at this point in the process, I was just like, let me just get off the screen as much as possible. 
So I would write down, you know, when a character was introduced, for example, it was in purple. Ideas for changing the scene was in red. And then, you know, the main plot was dark green. I have a mother plot, which was like an olive green. So things like that. So then I did the read through and I would mark every scene on this chart. And as I was reading through, I would get ideas for changes and I would reference the notes from my editor and be like, okay, well, she wants this. Can I bring this up here? And I'd write that down in red. And then I'd also get ideas for new scenes or things that I, I want to keep track of. And I put that on the index cards. And I was also referencing the spreadsheets that I did last week or the week before when I was talking about spreadsheets galore. <laughs> so I had my character spreadsheets. Uh, I'd have sequences. I was doing a lot, basically doing a lot. I tried to break it down and I know it doesn't really make any sense, but the way that my mind works for these things is I, I'm going from thing to thing in sort of a round robin style. So mostly I was doing this breakdown of all the scenes with some, you know, referencing these other things that I've done in the past. And it's interesting because like once I do a worksheet, I usually don't look at it again very often. You know, I, I have in my folder for this project, a variety of worksheets. It's like the act of doing them is the important part. I don't really need to go back to them a lot. Like I'm not probably going to go back to this handwritten spreadsheet again, because after I finished it, I used, I used it, I went through it and reviewed it to make the outline, which was the whole goal of the exercise. So I would have a breakdown of everything, review every scene in my mind, actually reading it. I, I skimmed some of them, the ones that I'm that I felt more familiar with, especially, and you know, reread some of them in depth, the ones that have the little seedlings that I'm trying to grow into something that I, I guess I forgot about in the, the the previous draft. So I had a text file full of notes, spreadsheets, this, uh, save the cat stuff, like all kinds of other things, notes, um, character sheets, going through all of those in addition to this process, and then coming up with the outline. So basically, the second half of the week was taken up by rewriting the outline of the book. So I ended up with, um, I think it's an 11 page outline. And then I color coded that. So basically, I would just write down, you know, the scene number and, and what happens in the scene, what happens now, and then incorporating my ideas for how I should change it. So I write it as it will be, ostensibly, in the final draft. And then I went back through and color-coded the themes uh, to make sure that I actually, same thing, to make sure they were peppered through regularly. You know, they they are um, well mixed. It's not just top-heavy or bottom-heavy, and that I actually closed the loops. And the interesting thing about this is that some scenes are like mega scenes, and I think they are the sequence climaxes. I've talked about using the sequences to plot before, breaking your story down into sequences. This is the eight sequences. It's from the Alexander Sokolov book. And, you know, I think like Savage City is nine sequences, but eight is where, like the standard. And then you may need more or less depending on your story. And I was resequencing things as I was rethinking about, you know, I had to add a couple of scenes and change things around. And the sequence climaxes are things where um, plots and, and themes converge. And so there'd be like, Okay, so this one is about Clara's internal arc, her destiny, her best friend, and the main the main plot. 
you know, those are four things that are converging. There are certain ones where there's, there's even more than that. And that was really interesting to break down in that way. And it's just another example of, you know, the story is like an onion and there's lots of layers and I have to peel it back as I go. And I, I like touching each scene multiple times. So the read through, um, the chart, the outline, it's just reinforcing. It, it lets me kind of live through the story again and again and test it, like QA test it and make sure things are working. So I had this brainstorm idea for this twist. You know, one of the other f- uh, bits of feedback from my editor was that, ah, need more twists and turns. And it's like, yeah, I needed, I needed a big heist twist, you know, and I had, I had the inklings. And then as like, throughout this process, it was growing, the idea was growing. And then I went to my text file and I just sketched it out. And I'm like, it was called what if, because I didn't want to commit to it. I was like, well, let me just think this through. Like, is this possible? And so I sketched it out and I sketched out a couple different versions. And then as I was going through this and testing it, I was like, well, I have to layer in. And I'm still, what I have to do today is actually check the layers. Because if this is going to work, I have to layer it in. And you have, there has to be some kind of foreshadowing. So it's not just like out of nowhere. So that if you go back again, you'll see it was all like the groundwork had been laid before. That's the effect I'm looking for. One of those like sixth sense, watch it the second time. You're like, of course. It's not as big a twist as Sixth Sense in any means. Like Sixth Sense is like genius level, I think, twist. Um, but I wanted a Kaiser Soze moment. And so I'm not using that plot, you know, from the usual suspects, but like that moment where everything you call into question certain things that you know and you look at them from a different perspective with this new knowledge. And then it's like, oh, she was telling us, but we didn't know. That's what I'm going for. And I'm very nervous that I won't be able to pull it off because I haven't done anything like this before and it's hard, but it would be so awesome, right? Right? (laughs) It would be awesome. And I think I can do it. So we'll see. So yeah, there's a lot to do. Some scenes just need a few sentences added to them to beef up something. Some scenes need to be completely rewritten and... There's not a whole lot of complete rewrites. It's more like, all right, this scene is happening. How do I inject these other three themes into it? And, you know, it's going to have to be expanded to accommodate these extra things or or the punch-ups, you know, it's not really extra. It's filling out the body. You know, it's a very skinny story right now. And I think it needs to be like more of a bodybuilder story. <laughs> That's the metaphor I'm going with. So yes, that is the challenge for this week. I posted on uh, Instagram about revising and and doing the calendar. And um, shout out to Ashley Bellow, who is also a fantasy author. And she was saying that, yeah, figuring it out later comes back to bite you sometimes. Because a lot of what we do as writers is like, oh, well, I'll just figure it out later. And then later comes. And now is later for me. And I have to sort of (laughs) go back and figure it out. Um, and the timeline is a big part of that. My timeline wasn't too bad because I, I had been tracking it through the first half and then it, everything falls apart in the second half of, you know, the big draft. So fortunately, my timeline was not too far off. 
And I just had to decide, like, how much time does this take? The whole story takes place in about six weeks. I'd have to look at the actual calendar again, but which is fine. And I know that. And that's like one thing to check off my list. Calendar, good. (laughs) So I am excited about this. I am excited about diving into the revision and actual writing work of the revision that the planning is wrapping up. I'm sure I'll be revisiting this outline many times as I'm actually writing the scene. As things come to me, things will change. That's always the way it goes. But I, I feel like I have a good roadmap for this revision now. And I'm and uh, so now it's just doing it in the time I have. In other news, I got to help my brother audition for something. He, um, everything's on tape now, whereas, you know, actors used to go into auditions for pandemic reasons, they just tape themselves, but he still needs someone to read the other lines and kind of work off of. So he's in New York right now, or he was, I don't know where he is right now, honestly, but we FaceTimed and, um, I got to read the other lines and it was interesting because it was a scene where I was playing his older sister, which is how real life works. So even though I am a terrible actor and I will never be an actor, I was able to at least embody that, you know, older sister energy for this conversation that we were having. Um, so yeah, that was fun. I also saw someone tweeted about him being on Gossip Girl. So yeah, Paul, my brother, Paul James, the actor, is uh, appears on an episode of The New Gossip Girl. And he's in a play. I have not seen it. I've never watched Gossip Girl. And I was gonna thinking, I was actually thinking about watching this since I knew he was going to be on it. But then he was like, yeah, I'm in this play and it's written by that really famous playwright guy. I can't remember his name. He wrote Slave Play. He's a black uh, playwright. And, I, and I'm naked and covered in blood. And I'm like, I don't know that I need to see that. <laughs> so if any of you are, are, are Gossip Girl washers and have seen this episode where there's a play and there is a actor who is naked and covered in blood, that's my brother. Yay. Yay for him. I'm glad he's working. So that is it for me for this week. Goals for the coming week. Um, I'm going to start writing, doing the revision, and after a few days, I will come up with a schedule. Once I see what my what my pace is, I, I probably should do like a target schedule and then a realistic schedule after I actually get started and hope to get this done in the next four to five weeks. I would love to be able to have a speed beta reader check this out before I turn it into my editor to tell me if this twist is working or not. But I don't know if that's even a thing that can happen. To find someone who reads very fast, who can do it like in a week, we'll see. Requiem of Silence comes out on Tuesday, August 17th, 2021. And the virtual launch event is 7 p.m. Eastern that night. So if you can come, I hope that you can. If you've missed it, it will probably be available for replay. And I hope that you have a wonderful week. (laughs) For episode show notes and to sign up for the Footnotes newsletter and get the show notes in your inbox, go to myimaginaryfriendsshow.com. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and check out the video episodes on YouTube. My Imaginary Friends is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. For more fantastic podcasts, go to frolic.media slash podcasts.